to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be a two-part episode here, two separate topics, although it's all connected, as you might expect. Um, in the first part here, I have a conversation with Paul Hemphill from AmericanEducationDefenders.com. And what Paul has created here is a video series made up of 55 videos, along with interactive flashcards that accompany the videos. And frankly, I think it's an awesome alternative to the Marxist social-emotional learning programs that, of course, are so rampant within American K-12 schools. So when it comes to a, a character-building program, if a K-12 school is going to have one, this is certainly a healthy alternative. Again, Paul's website is AmericanEducationDefenders.com, and you can go there and sign up and receive these videos for free. In the second part of this episode, I want to read an email sent to me by a listener of the podcast who is a former school teacher and now a homeschooling mom. And she lives in Indiana, and she highlights in this email uh, an excellent school. And, and this, again, is the kind of school that I was praying existed. And as it turns out, she reached out to me and she said, yep, it does. And this is an example of one of those schools. And again, they utilize a homeschooling approach within their curriculum, along with a Christian-based approach and supplemental material that expands on the problems of American public education, while also providing much-needed solutions. And again, there's a lot of resources in this email, and I will make sure and link all of the web addresses in the description below of this podcast episode, so you can check those out if you're interested. So first, here's the conversation between Paul and myself from AmericanEducationDefenders.com. Well, I'll tell you what, go ahead and provide some background, um, and then d describe, again, your website's fantastic, the product looks great, it's it's clearly simple, straightforward, to the point, just the way that it yeah. should be, Yeah. And uh, and describe American Education Defenders. Yeah, I'd love to. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Uh, the uh, uh, I got into this quite some time ago, uh, quite by accident, actually. I uh, was uh, every six months inquiring of my two teenage boys in high school. Uh, I'd ask them this simple question: how, how do you like history? And their standard answer was always, uh, "Dad is boring. Uh, we don't like it." And so I'd ask that question every six months. So after a few times, one of my sons said, Dad, why do you keep asking the same question knowing you're going to get the same answer? <laughs> and so, so I said, okay, fine. So I ran down to the local library and walked in and asked the librarian. I said, do you have any books here that would uh, tell a teenager why reading and studying history is really, really good for you? And she looked at me like I had two heads. She said, of course not. Are you nuts? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that was my Damascus moment where I, I knew that now I had to go on a mission. I, I had to write the book myself since it wasn't available anywhere. And, uh, and ironically, uh, the rest is history. Uh, that's a play on words, obviously. <laughs> but but uh, so I started researching. Uh, a topic uh, that was always a favorite of mine. It was a topic on leadership. And uh, so I wanted to go into some historical event in our history to find out what that event could produce the most information about my topic. And I came up with the Battle of Gettysburg 
1863. So I said, okay, that's that's where I'm going to go. That's where all the the information is. And so uh, as I got into it, uh, I realized that I was studying and reading about how human nature works. So if I was an alien from outer space and I was reading these books on Gettysburg, I'd understand how people work, how these humanoids work. And and in the process, I'm discovering that there are lots of people in this battle, particularly civilians, uh, who were up to the task of uh, handling uh, their tragic situation uh, on the spur of the moment. And so I thought, wow, uh, I cannot imagine that high school kids would be taught this kind of information that would assure them that they have the same types or the same abilities as adults, except we adults don't give them the opportunity to exercise those abilities. Let me give you an example. There was a, uh, there was a young woman at Gettysburg who was asked to tend to the needs of the wounded and the dying. And all she did was uh, take a cool can of water from wounded soldier to wounded soldier. And these soldiers would look up at her and imagine, that's my mother right now. Or, that's my sister. That's my wife. And she was there to basically give them some hope that they were going to survive. But she really didn't know what to say to alleviate their pain and suffering. But she was able to do something that she didn't realize she was doing, is that she was uh, leading these men across an emotional bridge of hope over which few of us adults could walk alone. And some of these men were able to survive. And, uh, and at the time that this woman was, was, at, during, was activating and doing these things during the battle, she was only 15 years old. Now, the, what's the lesson we learned from that story? Well, we learned that all you need to do to save a life is listen, which is the most important element of communication. And all she did was use the element or the, 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 the if you want to call it a talent, of listening and a cup of water which helped to save the lives of some of these grown men. So it tells us that even a child can save a life. Even a child can keep hope alive where there is none. And so when that story is told in a classroom or on a video, and I've seen it happen, uh, the end of the story, I don't, you, I don't tell the story about how all the, the, the uh, girl was until the very end. And uh, you can see the jaws drop in the classroom. Wow. These kids are responding by saying, wow, are you telling me that I could do that too? And my response is, well, I don't, I just proved it to you. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a historical fact. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's, it's, I, I guess it comes under your, your banner of truth, if you will. Sure. And, and, uh, 
and it makes a dramatic impression upon upon kids. So what I did uh, to to make this thing work, I decided that okay, I've written the book. It became a, a bestseller last year. It was a bestseller, I think, eight times uh, in its category, and uh, number one. And uh, but I I came to the conclusion pretty quickly in, in researching how kids learn that they don't they don't read anymore. What they want to do is they want to watch stuff, whether it's a video game or a video about something on YouTube. So in other words, video is their preferred way of getting information. So I decided, okay, I got to convert my book to video. I mean, kids don't buy my book on Amazon. The, the, the parents do. So in converting the book over to video, I decided to make those videos uh, free. And I set up a website like you saw and, and uh and started promoting it on on a, on a Facebook page. I didn't know much about marketing at the time uh, and how to market a book, but decided to catch on. And these adults were encouraging me to get these videos into the schools. And I wasn't ready for that because I was occupied doing something else. In other words, making a living. And I was doing this kind of on the side. Uh, and I was just waiting for the right opportunity as to when I was going to make this a full-time job, career. COVID came along and answered my prayer, okay? <laughs> because my phone stopped ringing in the profession that I was in. And I thought, wow, this is the moment where I can now get really into this uh, mission of elevating the self-esteem of kids everywhere so that they can become better people and better citizens and eventually become what I like to say are unintended patriots. I decided, okay, that then I'm going to use history and American history as a way of teaching these kids, uh, the, the, their, their positive human qualities, what they can achieve with their lives, not 20 years from now, but today, and, and the types of elements within their human nature that are so positive that they could uh, and they can uh, be successful with their lives. They don't have to go into uh, uh, years of, uh, of trial and error to decide what they're capable of. And it's, uh, it's, uh, it's quite a revelation for, for parents to, to watch these videos. And it's quite a revelation for uh, for kids to, to see that history is being used in this way, because I had a uh, my last Zoom call was with a eighth grade class in Norman, Oklahoma, and uh, these kids were. And I was I was asking them. I said, "Look, I'm not here to talk to you. I'm here to listen to you. I want to know." What is it about these videos that you like? And what do you think could be improved or added to them to be more meaningful from your perspective? Because I was really curious about that. And I got a lot of great compliments and all of that. And I thought that was great. Okay, fine. And I said, is there anyone that has any recommendations to make? 
and this little hand in the back of the class, you know, goes up, and I said, "Oh, yes, could you uh, come closer to the to the uh, to the camera so I can see who you are and listen to what you have to say?" So she gets in front of the camera and she says, "You know." She says, I really like the videos, but I really think if you added something at the end that would more fully engage students, uh, that would be great. And I said, how do you mean fully engaged? She said, well, it's something that would make them remember what the, what the video was all about so that I could come away remembering what that video was all about and what I learned from it. I said, how about... And some challenging questions or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that would work. Her suggestion, Sean, changed everything for me. That eighth grade girl made sure that my videos, and I went back into every one of my videos, and they're composed of two, of, of, of two sections. One is the first part is the story, and the second part is the lessons you learned from the story. Well, what she, uh, what she, uh, in essence, forced me to do was to add pointed questions at the end of each of those videos so that the teacher uh, playing the video in the classroom could finish with the video and ask the students those questions that I put up on the screen that would fully engage those students for the entire period. So, uh, for example, uh, on the uh, on the video that I spoke to you about earlier, about this young girl who was 15 years old, uh, one of the questions that I ask uh, for a student to answer is that, what had you done uh, that you didn't think was very important, but an adult highly praised you for doing it, that you thought nothing of? Because you see, kids don't think that they're capable of much of doing anything because uh, their parents tell them uh, that, you know, you've got to go to college in order to succeed in life. You know, you'll, you'll learn these things as you get older. You know, so, so kids don't feel very confident about their abilities to do very much. And with this COVID situation, uh, they find themselves isolated, uh, depressed, and totally detached from their friends. And, and starting to suffer from a lot of anxiety. So uh, these videos couldn't come out at a better time to let these kids know, hey, you know, you might think things are bad, but you're good. You've got lots of abilities and lots of qualities within you that uh, these videos and watching them, we're going to activate those qualities uh, if you pay attention, and they and they pay attention, it's 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 uh, it's quite heartwarming to to get the reactions from from people when they watch the videos. I will tell you that I get I have a lot of homeschool parents who watch the videos constantly, and one parent said to me, "You know, this is the first time I've I've had a real discussion with my son. I mean, it's a bonding opportunity." these videos, because these questions, at the end of the video, uh, my son has to, uh, and, I, and I asked him, I said, look, I, I need for you to answer the question, because it helps me, it helps you to learn more about yourself, 
and it helps me to learn more about you. I mean, it's 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 wonderful to see the kind of reaction uh, that I'm getting from from these videos. And so, you know, any any tool that can be used, in particular in a homeschooling environment, that comes from the outside in. Again, in particular, if it's if it's honest and if it's nonfiction and it's historically accurate, I think all the better. I think one of, one of the things that it does too is it highlights the inadequacy of American K twelve history and yeah. and th- that curriculum that exists in K twelve schools. Because again, if K twelve schools or t- or K twelve teachers are reaching for a program like this. The simple fact yeah. that they're reaching for it should tell everybody that the programs that they have in place aren't working. Well, that's true, and and I, and, I often, and again, that's no disrespect to your video program. It's quite the opposite. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. it's it's saying that that the real materials exist. They're out there. They're simple. They're straightforward. And this is really what you're supposed to be teaching. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I always like to say that the way history is learned uh, is not so much the fault of the teacher, it's the nature of the subject. Uh, In other words, uh, you didn't have lunch with Abe Lincoln last week, uh, but you can can decide that that two plus two does equal four. You can use that information, but what are you going to do with the information uh, about World War II or the Progressive Era. What are you going to do with that? Or I don't know. Okay, so this is kind of irrelevant, right? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's irrelevant. And so, and that's the problem with the way te- uh, history is being taught. So my, my thought here is, Sean, that, that my mission basically is to interrupt the way history uh, is being taught in our schools. I always like to say that my mission is based on a classic pattern interrupt, that you interrupt a pattern uh, for the purpose of making things better. I like to use the example of, let's say, a candle was the pattern of light uh, for centuries until it was interrupted by the light bulb. Or the horse was the pattern of transportation until it was interrupted by the locomotive, which later was interrupted by the car, the automobile. Uh, or the pattern for news and information was print until it was interrupted by the home computer. So all these interruptions made things better for us, arguably. And so what I'm looking to do is to interrupt the current pattern of how American history is being taught uh, and to change the negative attitude that teens have towards learning history. Now, with a history illiteracy rate of 88%, you know, there's, there's a... Uh, the National Education Association comes out every year with what is called the National Report Card. And this past year, they indicated that 88% of all high school seniors uh, have no proficiency in American history. Now, what that means is, is that they don't know what to do with the information they just studied for the last quiz. Okay? And so, it's, uh, uh, and so how do you get these kids uh, to gravitate towards history. Uh, it brings up an issue that was brought up on YouTube a couple of years ago when a history teacher was asked in Massachusetts, why doesn't the state of Massachusetts test for history on a statewide test, like for uh, math and science? 
And his answer was astounding. He said, the reason why history isn't being tested is because the powers that be see no value in it. Well, they're rewriting it. Yeah. But to think that there's no value in it is astounding. And so I thought, okay, where do you find history? And I discovered that it, it's, been, it's been hidden in plain sight for decades. You find value in history in stories. Okay, because stories give us an emotional connection to what it is the story is about. You teach history with stories, and then the lessons we get from those stories to make it really relevant. So uh, I, I just remember there was a uh, professor out at uh, the University of Southern California by the name of Antonio Damasio. And uh, he was talking about the, the, uh, the difference between reason and emotion. He said, you know, emotion is not the enemy of reason. He says, emotion is what makes uh, reason uh, help you to remember things. It helps you to, to put value on things. It helps you to remember uh, what things are, are being discussed in the story. So uh, having an emotional connection is everything. And if you don't have an emotional connection, you have what? A disconnection. That's the reason why the kids are disconnected from history. And they're never going to learn history the way it's being taught now. They simply won't. And so if we're going to continue to teach history the same way we've been teaching it, we're going to get the same results we've been getting. You know, that's the old definition of, of uh, insanity, right? You expect a different result by doing the same thing over and over again. Right. And so that's what we're getting. And so when you have that kind of high illiteracy rate, what do you have? You have a national security issue. If you don't know what your country stands for, how are you going to stand up? to our enemies, both foreign and domestic. You cannot defend what you cannot define. And that's where we are in this country with the teaching of American history. So what I'm trying to do with my program, Sean, is to introduce it to the schools as a character development program, not as a program that's going to change the way your history teacher teaches history. That's never going to happen. Or I should say, that explanation would never fly, okay? Yeah. But high schools or, or elementary schools would welcome a program that's about character development. There's lots of schools out there that do that. There's lots of companies out there that do that. Uh, what makes mine different from their program is that I don't use psychology or, or theories of psychology to make kids feel better. I use... Uh, events, true stories from American history, which is totally off the radar, which is totally off their format, which is totally outside the box, if you will, but makes, but makes these events and makes the emotions that are tied to those events real and genuine. And that's what I get excited about. And as recently as yesterday afternoon, I was on the phone with a retired high school principal from Harlem. And uh, she told me that the education system is so bad. She said the only place where these videos would work right now is in these very high-priced private schools. They would, She said they would love this stuff. 
Okay, in the public schools, you'd have to go through so much bureaucracy, so much politics. You'd have to get beyond Common Core, which is never going to happen unless the country changes from Common Core and goes back to to reality and the basics again. So, or you could circumvent the public schools by getting to the parents somehow. And you get to the parents by being on social media, letting everybody know who you are, what you do, and all of that. And she made a pretty valid point. So, I, I think there's I think there's another avenue that would have to be attacked, and I've brought this up on numerous occasions. I'll continue to do so, and that's the the teacher education line, so to speak, uh, in, in at the university and college level is fading away. And even if you were to attempt to bring these videos to a setting like that, yeah, uh, it would, you know, it, I mean, it would, it would solely depend on the actual professor themselves. Correct. And I, and I think that that's another, that's another fight all in itself. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. they, you know, they, they have their own delusions about what they think needs to be taught, racism this, racism that. All, yes. of, all of that has nothing to do with, with of course, what, what you're promoting here, which is, again, a fantastic thing. And, again, the simplicity of it is, is so important because, like you said, storytelling is, is the oldest form of learning. Yeah. And, it, and yeah. it has to continue to be that way as long as the stories are the, are the truth. And then, of course, you can, you, a person could drill down even more into the individual stories by saying, okay, well, I mean, just like you said earlier – if students aren't taught, and just human beings in general aren't taught appropriate history and accurate history, they're not going to be able to know who the enemy is. There you go. And they're not going to be, you know, they're not going to know how to how to defend our country from all enemies, foreign and domestic, because they're not yes. going to be able to recognize the enemy. Exactly. Exactly. But the exactly. Pro the problem there, of course, is that we have endless history teachers now. Who are the enemy? And there you go. and it's very difficult for a student to recognize that what they're learning in those classrooms is the exact opposite of what should actually be taught. You know, Thomas yeah. Jefferson was a racist, and uh, and then they're and then of course they're watching all of these statues be ripped down of these historic men and women, and it's it's demoralizing. And I mean that you know, but again, if if your videos can sort of you know, shoot some adrenaline into into these students, and and reinvigorate uh, their curiosity. Then I, I I think there's there's no end to the possibility there, and and their curiosity is going to lead them to a you know a hopefully lifelong learning, which is ultimately the point. Good point. Very 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 good point, Sean. The the, the one thing that I always like to say to people is. Uh, and it's interesting. I have a Facebook page. It's got about four thousand followers. I, you know, I, that was all done for the past five years. I didn't. It was. It's all organic. The way these these people come to that website or Facebook page. But what's interesting is that uh, I have people come to that Facebook page for the wrong reasons. Uh, that is, they think that I'm going to be uh, telling a story about. Uh, uh, how George Pickett failed uh, during the Battle of Gettysburg in the, on the third day. And I always have to write back to some of these people. In fact, I have to put up a notice like once every three months. And the notice is, 
uh, if you come here to learn history, uh, you, you, you come to the wrong place. <laughs> and what I say is, I say, look, I don't do history. I do the lessons we learn from history. Right. Because, because history is a never-ending argument. If you want to get into a discussion about whether or not this, the South was right or wrong, I'm not going there. I'm not getting into that discussion. Okay, the discussion I'll get into is uh, is about is about specific individuals and the good or bad decisions that they made, and the results of those decisions, and what can we learn from those decisions and the way they were arrived at that helps us in our own lives. So the the implication of all of that, Sean, is. Gee, if I can learn this from American history, what else can I learn from American history about about me? Okay. About me, as a absolutely. It's it's certainly scaffolding. Again, you're, yeah. you're you're putting on an important layer from a character development standpoint that will hopefully do a number of different things. Increase, you know, their their interest in developing their own character and being able to recognize good and bad character, and then at the exact same time, hopefully, an interest in in learning more about history. Absolutely. The uh, the lady who was the former high school principal in Harlem uh, uh, suggested yesterday that she would really like to help me uh, promote this this series any way she can, and I told her that we were going to be promoting. Uh, uh, a volunteer group, a volunteer network of people who want to sign up and basically get into the uh, business of volunteering to contact private schools about the program. Uh, not so much to sell them anything because they won't sell them anything. They don't have to, but to let them know this is a free program and we'd like to teach you or look, we'd like to have you teach your students from this program about themselves and you're going to use uh, american history and an event in american history to do that now here's the objective i got a phone call about uh two months ago from a guy who said you know he says i don't know what your political leanings are but he says i'm a rank liberal i said okay fine uh i said i won't hang up on you <laughs> and, so, and so he said i really like what you're doing he said, why don't you, I have a suggestion for you, and, and I, was, I just had to call you. I said, okay, fine, what is it? He said, you know, the country's really in bad shape. Attitudes are terrible everywhere. He said, why don't you take your formula, what you're doing, and instead of focusing on a battle, go national. I said, what do you mean? He said, do a video series like what you've done about Americans of all nationalities, all uh, colors, all creeds, starting back as early as the uh, 1600s up until World War II, so that, uh, and, 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 and do videos of people that you and I never heard of, but people who had achieved something because they were now living in a country or they immigrated to a country, our country, to exercise their freedoms and become successful in their own lives. So that those kinds of stories being brought into the classroom with a new video series that I'm working on, 
these kids of all colors and creeds can look at each other and say, you know, your ancestors and my ancestors, they were great in what they did. They taught us that we could achieve things and be successful in our own lives because we live in a land that gives us the freedom to do that. And isn't it great that we are Americans, that we live here in a country that allows us those freedoms to be successful in our own lives? It's to bring this country back together again. And we can do that over the next 50 years. I won't be around to see it, see it happen. And that's okay. We have to change everything. We have to, we have to dismantle. This, this woman told me yesterday, we have to dismantle the entire education system. I agree with it, you. Because it doesn't work. I agree. And, and she said, your, your program is going, to be, is going to be part of the regeneration of the educational approach that we need to take with our kids. And so, uh, and I agree with you to, to the point where uh, the public school system, the public schools will never get into this stuff right away. It's just, it just isn't going to happen. But the private schools can't because they're competitive. Uh, they're charging $45,000 a year to a parent. Uh, to send their 15-year-old to their school, and they want stuff, especially if it's going to be free, that's going to be available to help make those students better students. They got it's a character development program, etc. Uh, so uh, that's where we're going to start. We're going to basically get ourselves, get our programs into into the private schools first, and uh, these schools, uh, you know, they talk to each other and. Uh, We'll see what happens. And I also saw, I think, that you have uh, interactive flashcards that go with it, too, yes? Yes, we do. Thank you for asking. Uh, they can go to my website. On the home page, it's a, the website is uh, Amazon. Is, uh, <laughs> Amazon. <laughs> it's AmericanEducationDefenders.com. When you get onto that page, at the very bottom of the page, you can just put in your first name and your email address. And I'll start sending you videos, one every three days. And that's the uh, video series that we want the private schools to try out uh, and get a sense of how it works and all of that so that we can get our program uh, in, in, into these schools on a permanent basis so they can re, re, uh, replay them over and over year after year. Again, I want to thank Paul for joining me. I wish him the best of luck with his program. And if anybody out there wants to check out that video series, you can sign up for free. I'm assuming the videos are free. I sure hope they are. Um, and it is AmericanEducationDefenders.com. Now what I'd like to do is I'd like to read this email and provide, again, a few more, few more resources for people out there. Because, uh, again, there, there's a lot of good stuff going on. And... I want to cover some of that clearly here. Um, here's the email, and it reads like this, quote, Dr. Brooks, Happy New Year. I wanted to first tell you how much I appreciate your podcast. I've only been listening for a couple of months and hope to get a hold of your books in the near future. Since I don't have any social media accounts and I'm a homemaker with four homeschooled young kids, podcasts are my favorite way to know I'm not crazy in this wild world right now. It feels, com it feels comforting to know that my family is not alone in this fight, so thank you for your insights. Episode 257 definitely preached to the choir over here. I was a kindergarten public school teacher for six years here in Indiana, and by the grace of God, I was called to quit my job on May of 2018 when I was four months pregnant with our fourth child. 
has continued for the years leading up to now. Hindsight has definitely proved to me that God has been preparing my husband and I for this journey and at a time such as this for a long time. As you said in your episode, how you felt you were born to be a teacher. That was how I felt in my bones since second grade. However, I look back at my teaching career and I'm just appalled and so thankful to my husband for providing us to make the best decision and for me to be at home with our kids. If I never go back to teaching for, I will never go back to teaching for obvious reasons, but I'm still born to teach our four children in order to mold and equip them for life's ups and downs. She continues and says, in the fall of 2020, we decided to enroll our oldest into a small private school for kindergarten, mainly because of me, long story, and not exactly sure I was ready to embrace homeschooling, which I have to stop beating myself up over all the time in making the decision to send him to school that I sometimes regret. However, the school we enrolled him in was very much like the schools you were alluding to where you did not have a ma- where they did not have a mask policy and they did not require immunization records upon enrollment. Here is the school's website. And the school's website here that she gave me is boonprairie.org, b o o n e p r a i r i e.org. By Shauna Reinhardt along with her husband have made this school happen. I was very impressed with the program and how it was run. It's very encouraging to know that there are families dedicating their lives to standing up for children and their education. I hope to one day begin a similar journey at this school and utilize homeschool curricula as you suggested in the episode. Sounds like a dream. My inspiration comes from Forest Schools, the one-room schoolhouse, once upon a farm, Rory Feek. Not quite sure what that is. Could be a typo. Don't know. Uh, Classical Conversations and have a few popping up around my area, Hillsdale and Ron Paul. We are now full-time homeschooling our first grader and kindergarten, and other two are preschool. We have only been homeschooling for seven months. I cannot ever turn back from this decision. It truly is empowering and motivating. I pray all families, as well as yours, stay strong in this time for our next generation. Thank you for presenting articles and facts on topics going on with health, education, and affairs happening around our country. We have definitely been rerouting our dental care, health care, and extracurriculars due to the mandates and doing a lot of reading and learning on our own to prepare for whatever may come. We will keep standing our ground, and it is only making us stronger. There is a lot of noise, it seems, in Indiana schools right now, too. The Mind Polluters, in a documentary, out right now, from Fearless Features, a couple from Fort Wayne, and their website is www.fearlessfeatures.org, exposing the public education system along with Purple for Parents and many other fighters for protecting children. I will wrap up this email and just wanted to pass along some good news happening here in the Hoosier State in this education revolution. Keep up the good fight and can't wait to listen more. Take care. And again, thank you for the email. I really do appreciate it. Uh, It really made my day when I first read it. And again, I'll link the web addresses 
in the description below of this podcast episode for everything that I brought up here. And with that said, ladies and gentlemen, have a great weekend. And Monday's episode, I'll have Dr. Robin McCutcheon back on, and we're going to talk about a variety of issues, as you might expect. So stay tuned for that, and I'll catch you on Monday. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.